The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by Anshu Khanna. Anshu, how you feeling tonight? Josh, I'm feeling good. It's it's a good month. A lot of good vibes in the air. I'm, I'm feeling great. Postseason football's upon us. How's it going with you? It's going well. I'm looking forward to the slate of, uh, of postseason games that you alluded to. We've got some good ones here this weekend, and we're going to touch on each and every one of them. All the lines will be from BovadaSportsBook.com and Anshu, I know your team, after what we talked about last week leading up to the playoffs, kind of things worked out for the most part in their favor. They end up getting the bye, the oh. Packers, and uh, they'll they'll be able to sit back and watch to see what their fate will bring them next week. But I uh, just wanted to kind of get your reaction to uh, the Packers' comeback against Detroit and now what they face here as the playoffs uh, rear their head. Yeah, I mean – Pretty much as you implied there, it wasn't the prettiest, but they squeaked through and then they almost backed their way into the number one seed. They were about three inches away from it with that Seahawks Niners finish. So, um, you know, I I think that my impression from the NFC side is no one looks all that good right this second. Um, Like the best teams, I, I think of like New Orleans probably being the best team top to bottom, but they're now the three seed. They've got to go through Minnesota. Then they've got to probably go to Green Bay before they finally eventually probably go to San Francisco. I mean, that is a tough road. So, um, you know, they've got as good a chance as anyone, I think, right now. Or, or you know, they, they have to feel like they've got a decent shot at making the NFC. So things worked out, you know, if you think about it two weeks ago, pretty well for the Packers, I think. Yeah, and as a Packers fan, I mean, the NFC is completely stacked in these playoffs. I would say the only team that we would think wouldn't have a chance is the Eagles, but they've worked some magic in the past as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, how confident do you feel as a Packers fan going into these playoffs? I know you talked about some of the teams that they would have to face and how difficult that would be, but I would assume that uh, you you probably have a cautiously optimistic to maybe even less than that uh, expectation (laughs) for what to expect. I mean, obviously it's Aaron Rodgers and you you know, he can do big things, but uh, what have you seen out of this team throughout the year? I know there've been some inconsistencies. looks like when they give Aaron Jones the ball, they have something there. And Devontae Adams seems to be quite a bit healthier than he was earlier in the year. Uh, So, so just as a Packers fan, how are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. Just under cautiously optimistic, I would say. I mean, the, the fact is they get a divisional round game at home at Lambeau Field. Like you can't ask for much more than that um, with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So, you know, they're not nearly as pretty as they've been in the past and as I think they will be in their second year of the Matt LaFleur experience. But, um, you know, they are what they are. I've said it all year that they, at home, that defense is a lot, a lot better. And so I think that that second round game, assuming it's against New Orleans, it's obviously going to be tough because the Saints are really good. But I think at home they can get that win. And then, you know, anything can happen if in a one game situation, even though I don't like the idea of essentially LaFleur's big brother in Kyle Shanahan, um, you know, basically 
owning him in San Francisco. But other than that, I mean, look, they've got a chance. They've got as good a chance as anyone in that conference because they get a second round game at Lambeau. So it's not an easy draw for anyone that would have to go there. I think I'm, I'm interested to get your perspective though. I mean, they're not very hot right now, but I feel like they can get there potentially. That's the thing about this NFC. I think we've seen at times, you know, the best version and the worst version of all of these teams. And, you know, yes. you've seen, you've seen the Niners at times look a little bit suspect. You've seen, you know, the Vikings look really bad at times. Even the Saints, when they're not playing at home, they just don't look like the same team. So I think there's an opportunity for all of these teams in the NFC. And I just love the fact that the NFC is as open as it is uh, because it makes for a casual fan like myself watching these playoffs, it makes for entertaining football. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to just as a football fan, being able to watch an NFC that has, in my opinion, five teams that you wouldn't be surprised to see come out of it. And like I said, even, you know, the play calling of Doug Peterson, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles, you know, bumped the Seahawks and then play somebody tough in the second round. So yeah, I'm excited for that from that perspective as a football fan. I'm, I'm really excited to see how these things shake out because, you know, there's so many different ways things can go. And, and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised by many of them as we'll get to with these lines as we look at them on Bovada. Yeah, totally agree. I like, like you said, I mean, I would be surprised, I would say, if the Vikings are able to run the table out of the sixth seed. But, you know, they've at times flashed their offense, their defense, their whole, the whole thing, all these teams have been there essentially. So uh, except for the Niners, interestingly, the one seed. So I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be wide open and very interesting, the NFC. How, how much do we know about Dalvin Cook's health at this point? Is he? he it looks like he's going to try to go, but is he at 100%? He said he's close to 100%. It looks like Alexander Madison's going to play. So getting those two weeks, or I guess, a, yeah, two weeks of, of Cook off his shoulder has been good for him. And uh, I think that he's he's all systems go, it looks like, for Saturday. That definitely changes things. But like we said, the Saints, uh, we'll get to it, but the Saints, much tougher yeah. at home. So let's kind of walk through these games. I, I, I was... I'm not sure. Is, is this something they've done the last few years where it's all AFC Saturday and no. all NFC Sunday? Because I, I feel like it isn't. I don't think I've ever seen that. It's very rare. I mean, we open with the like classic AFC backup game as the opening thing, but usually you'll Trash. get the NFC night game on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. Not that, this year. that first game, and we're going to talk about it, in my opinion, is one that the ratings will just be absolutely awful. I don't see too many people outside of <laughs> Buffalo and Houston uh, keeping a close eye on this one. I know we'll be watching it just because of our obsession, but uh, you've got Buffalo going on the road to take on the Texans. I personally think Buffalo's the better team. Bovada's got the line at three. Over-under's a little higher than I would expect for a Buffalo-Houston game at 44. Uh, but this game, I, I, I just I don't know because these two teams, we just talked about a lot of the inconsistencies in the NFC, but this, these two teams, there have been so many different versions of them this year. And mm -hmm. I almost would put the Buffalo Bills, we talked so much about the or the AFC South, I would almost put the Buffalo Bills in that AFC South-ish kind of realm, the way that they yeah. played football this year. It's a good way of putting it, just like in terms of not really getting a real feel for what they are over the course of the season. I completely agree with that sentiment. I, you know, the Bills defense, we've talked about it all year. They're awesome. They're maybe the best defense in these playoffs. I mean, maybe the Ravens have been hot re late, but like we saw the Dolphins tear up the, the Patriots. We'll talk about them in a second. But like at this point, the Bills defense is as good as it gets. And I, it looks like the Texans are very unlikely to have Will Fuller in this game. And we know that without Will Fuller, this offense is just not quite the same on Houston. So while nothing would surprise me, I expect the under to hit in this game. And I, I mean, I will take the better quarterback playing at home. And that means Watson. But I, I mean, I agree with you in the respect that like I, the Bills to me are the better team 
probably by like a half point or a point on a neutral site. But, you know, home playoff games, J.J. Watt is going to come back for this game uh, for for the Houston Texans, which is huge. And uh, I just I think that they man, I, I it's going to be an interesting game, but I'll just take like boil it down to Watson versus Allen. I'll take Watson in that one. I think that's fair. I, I, it, it is worth noting the Bills 6-2 and two on the road this year. The Texans are just 5-3 and three at home. So the Bills actually have a better road record than the Texans do a home record, wow. which, is, which is an interesting takeaway here. But I, I don't yeah. know. Josh Allen, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what to expect out of Josh Allen in this game. And to your point, you know, Deshaun Watson is probably the better quarterback, but we've seen him really struggle against good defenses, you know, when they're when there's a lot of pressure on him. And that offensive line has been, you know, inconsistent at best this year. So yeah. I, I, I know that the Bills are on the road, and, I, you know, you, you'd like to take the home team when the teams are matched up about equally. I just – I'm not a believer in the Texans. I, I honestly believe the t- Titans are the better AFC South team, which we're going to get to. Um, but I, I just – I'm going to take the Bills with the points just because – I think it's about a coin flip for me. Uh, so I, I think, you know, I, I think if, if, if a gun to my head, I would I would take the Bills with the plus three. I don't I think it's a stay away from me betting. I'd probably take the under, if anything. Yeah, I agree with the under. I, I tend to agree. It's weird. Like you look back at the record and it felt like the Bills got hot at the end of the year. They lost three of their last four. I know last the last game of the season, they're starting Matt Barkley, which is a joke. That might be a good thing for them. They basically get a week off. Um, but, you know, before that, they had. Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England, four pseudo playoff teams or right on the fringe. And they, they split those essentially. So, um, and three of those were on the road. So, I mean, they'll be battle tested. No doubt about that. They get a week off their feet. I, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting game as, as I think all these first rounders will be. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't really have a great feel. Like, like I said, I lean towards Watson. Yeah, I, I get that. It's you're, you're picking, you know, Houston based on the fact that they have a better quarterback. I'm picking Buffalo based on the fact that I think they have a better defense. You know, mm-hmm. the one thing about Buffalo that I'll point out to the negative is they really don't have true playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. I know we saw flashes of John Brown at times. Devin Singletary took a huge step forward, but they don't have true playmakers on the offensive side of the ball around Josh Allen, who's not an elite quarterback either. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they if they can utilize that defense to get them over the hump because Josh Allen has been a, done a good job of managing games to an extent this year, and he's made some big plays when he's needed to, but he hasn't had to make a ton because their defense has been as good as it has. So I, I'm interested. I, I think this game's going to be... Uh, a struggle for both teams to get things going because, again, of the struggles of the Bills' offense and then because their defense is so good against Deshaun Watson. We'll see. Uh, so I, 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 I like the under. I mean, that's really the only thing I feel a lot of confidence in going into this game. But I am interested to see which version of these two teams we're going to see in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'll, I'll, let me ask you this. Of, of the two of them, who has the better chance of springing an upset in the next round, do you think? Now, if if New England wins, then the winner of this game plays Baltimore. So, and if it's not New England, if Tennessee, if Ron Tannehill wins in in New England, then the winner of this game plays Kansas City. So, do you have a feel on like who's the more dangerous upstart? So, so no matter what, they play Kansas City or New England. Kansas City or Baltimore. Kansas City or Baltimore. That's my. Um, no, yeah. neither one. I, I don't. Either think, one. I don't think either one wins a second <laughs> round game against either of those teams. Which one has a better chance? Deshaun Watson probably has a better chance in a second round just because of the fireworks and you know they have they have the weapons. Carlos Hyde's mm-hmm. looked looked a little bit more spry this year toward the end of the year especially which is interesting. And then DeAndre Hopkins is probably the best receiver in these playoffs uh, if not yeah. one of the top two. Well, maybe Michael Thomas. Michael uh, Thomas. Maybe yeah. the top two or three for sure right though. There. 
Um, so, so yeah, I would say just because of the playmakers, I know the Bills' defense can can hang with those teams, but those those two offenses, the two dynamics that that uh, you know uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes bring, regardless of how good your defense is, you're not going to be able to put up enough points to beat either of those teams. So, I think the Texans just because they can maybe score with those two teams, but I don't see either one of them. What about you? I agree. I agree. I think the only way, like, if JJ Watt gives the Texans a shot in the arm that they need. Maybe, you know, maybe they're able to spring one on, you know, in like an ugly, rainy game in Baltimore, maybe. I I mean, but I don't feel good about it at all. And remember, Baltimore went into Buffalo and won by a touchdown about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. So that would be the only comp. But I, yeah, I I don't think either of them. I was just curious on if you thought one of them was uh, more spry than the other. No, depending on the points though, I I might take Buffalo if they played, you know, Baltimore if if they're, you mm-hmm. know, they're getting 10 or something. I agree. I think they're they're a better matchup for Baltimore specifically. All right, let's move on. We've got the uh the next AFC game. Uh again, it's just so weird to me that they're both on the same day, but we've got Titans at Patriots. The Titans yes. sneak into the playoffs. I am very excited for this game. I I think be sick. I think there's I think there's upset city here. I mean I know that oh, I know it's go. New England. I know it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. You know they still go twelve and four despite some of their inconsistencies this year. The defense looked really really good up until these last couple of weeks. You know we haven't seen the same New England Patriots defense. They lose to Miami uh, to finish out the season in a game that they needed to win not to be playing this weekend. And they come right. in as five point favorites on Bovada. How do you see it shaking out? Aren't you? By the I, way, by I the mean, way, Ryan Tannehill had like the best quarterback rating. He was like one of I think it was fourth all time in quarterback rating in a regular season, which is just crazy to me. He's been absolutely insane uh, ever since your brother called him sick, kind of tongue in cheek. He's he has been. He's been absolutely insane. They are, you know, he's given new life to AJ Brown into that whole offense. Obviously, Derrick Henry's healthier now. The Patriots have quietly gone two and three down the stretch in games they needed to win, and that includes that Dolphins game. Um, you know, just like not where you want to be, obviously down the stretch. They also lost to the chiefs and the Texans. I mean that, you know, not, not ideal, uh, for the Patriots down the stretch. And even that win against Buffalo was kind of a, a strange game. So Patriots are, are not the team that we thought they were early in the season. And, uh, I'm with you. I love the t- Titans plus the points. I think that they are the team that new England absolutely didn't want to see. If this is Pittsburgh, no doubt in my mind, the Patriots blow them out. But the Titans are a tough matchup, and like you said, Tannehill's hot. I like the Titans here. I like them straight up, too. Another thing worth noting, we may see some precipitation in this game, and Derrick Henry is coming in off of an, a 211-yard, three-touchdown performance. I mean, when healthy, and he's missed uh, games. When healthy, he's been by far the most unstoppable running back in the NFL. I mean, he just runs over people. Finishes the season with 1,540 yards and 16 touchdowns on 303 oh, carries, yeah. which is just staggering considering he missed a couple games. But... I think if the weather becomes somewhat of an issue, that that really kind of leans toward the Titans' offensive style of play. And Tom Brady just hasn't been as accurate, hasn't had the playmakers this year. And if their defense, you know, can't stop Derrick Henry, I, I think the Titans could win this game by a touchdown or more. Wow, that's obviously I, I wouldn't I'm, bet on that line, but I, I, I would not <laughs> if if the weather if there if there's weather issues, if there's rain, if there's a little bit of snow. Uh, in in the the Titans are able to run the ball in that Patriots defense with Derrick Henry. I, I just I think they can control the flow of this game. I obviously, obviously, it being in New England's a big big factor here. It is, but I could also see the way that the Patriots play down the stretch again, losing three of five. Uh, like I could see the crowd, you know, 
being on, on tilt a little bit as it. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, you know, there, there's definitely a lot out there. And I would just add last week, Devonte Parker against this Patriots defense against supposed defensive player of the year, Stefan Gilmore, eight catches, 137 yards with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball. You don't think that AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill are going to go after it. Like, I don't think that they're afraid of Gilmore at all. Nor should they be. Um, and, you know, like you said, if the weather's bad, that's Derrick Henry weather. So, um, man, I, I if I was a Titans fan, I'd be like it's a win-win situation. You snuck into the playoffs. You got hot with your backup quarterback. Why not, man? Like we've seen teams do this. We see, saw the Eagles do it with Nick Foles. I think that – and the other factor here is that Bill Belichick against his former coaches, not great. Like those, those coaches tend to do well. Mike Vrabel, obviously coaching the Titans. We saw Brian Flores do it week 17. So I think that it's something to look at for sure. Um, you know, just when you're thinking about patterns and trends and the types of teams that do give the Patriots trouble late in the season. How much of a revelation has A.J. Brown been in his rookie season? Obviously, they take the first rounder in Corey Davis, who's been kind of an afterthought with A.J. Brown's just absolute coming out of the gates firing here in his first season. He's been He's getting better each week, and Tannehill has just clearly found his go-to target in him. Him and Johnny Smith. I mean, Bill yeah. Belichick talked about Johnny Smith being the best run-after-catch tight end in the league. That's saying something for a guy who obviously prioritizes that position. So, I, I mean, they're definitely, they've found something no matter what happens in this game. I think the Titans have clearly found something, and it's got to be exciting for Titans fans for sure, for the first time in a while now. I only know one. <laughs> I only think one exists. As well. yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the NFC. Uh, we'll talk about how we th- see things shaking out beyond this point, but let's start uh, here in the NFC on Sunday. We've got the early game, Vikings-Saints. We talked a little bit about it. Bovada's got a big line here. Saints uh, minus eight. They've got a big over-under at 49.5 as well. Uh, obviously, I think you kind of lean toward the Saints here at home, but uh, the Vikings you know, getting healthier with the firepower they have on the run game, that could kind of change the, the pace here a little bit. I don't disagree with that at all. I was going to say, like, I mean, teams that have given the Saints issues the last few weeks are teams that run the ball. Their defense is pretty banged up. Um, you know, they're not quite like Eagles status, but they are, you know, they've lost some of their players for the season on their defensive line. And obviously at home, they're just so tough to beat. But I like the Vikings to cover this. I think that with a healthy Dalvin Cook, again, basically two weeks off, it seemed like in that Packers game, they were almost resigned to their fate. Like they, like they obviously wanted to win that game, but you know, it wasn't like they were, you know, rolling out everything they've got. Adam Thielen had been banged up. He's healthier now. They didn't start anyone week 17. I think the Vikings are kind of a dangerous succeed in this matchup, specifically indoors, which they're used to. Um, and, you know, they've been here before. So I think that the Vikings are going to keep this close. But in the end, I do like Drew Brees and the Saints to win. 149 catches this year for Michael Thomas. Obviously, we we had kind of a down year for Kamara. You know, he had the high ankle sprain earlier this season. He really struggled to get things going beyond that point. But Michael Thomas, I mean, what a year he's had. He's insane. I mean, I think the most amazing thing about him isn't the catch total, which is amazing, by the way. But it's the the catch rate. It's unreal. Like, the guy does not drop anything. It's so insane. You know, we talked about Devontae Adams last week. I think, like, Devontae Adams catches a lot, and I love having him as a backer's number one receiver, but he is nothing compared to what Michael Thomas is. This dude does not drop passes, so um, he's just the perfect receiver for Drew Brees. And, um, you know, I kind of shudder to think at what those Saints might have been holding back with how creative Sean Payton is anyway, the way he uses Taysom Hill and all their other random pieces. 
I, if he's got anything up his sleeve for the playoffs, like this is such a dangerous team, especially in that dome. They needed a buy. They didn't get it. But I like you can't. It's tough to picture a team going in there and winning, I think. Say Kirk Cousins has a really bad game here and the, the Vikings get blown out. What, mm. what do you see in his future in, in uh, Minnesota specifically? I think it's very interesting because Kevin Stefanski supposedly, and we can get to the Browns in a second, but he was supposedly like the Browns' next choice behind Freddie Kitchens. And so if if things go really bad and they get blown out and Cousins sucks, like there have been rumors that Zimmer gets the ax, that staff falls apart, and then now you've got a new coaching staff and, you know, who knows how tied they are to Kirk Cousins with one year left on that guaranteed deal. I mean, I could see them bringing in, you know, a young guy to compete with Cousins or to like to have Cousins sort of groom him. I think that you've seen a lot of Cousins. It's hard. Can you win a Super Bowl with Cousins? Probably. Can you win it because of him? I I doubt it. He's been efficient. He's just not he's not a gamer like some of these other quarterbacks like. You know, you have Russell Wilson and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he is. But you have I mean, gamers in these the, playoffs. Absolutely. If you're ranking the 12 quarterbacks, I mean, Cousins, is Cousins in the top 10? Probably Starting not. quarterbacks? I mean, yeah, him I mean, and Josh Allen are probably the bottom yeah. looking up. I mean, I don't know. Ten, yeah. The, the season I, once yeah. had, it's hard to, I, I don't know. He's, he's he's probably in that 8 to, tw- eight to 10, Jimmy? 11 range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I we'll don't see. Know. We'll James see what these guys are made of, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, this is it, though. This is your chance to like carve out your little legacy and like have a chance to be, you know, like this is what it's all about, basically. Like the regular season, you can toss it out if you win a Super Bowl. You're that it just changes what you're labeled as. So this is a real chance for him. If you go on the road and beat the Saints, it changes what everyone thinks of you. Yeah, you think back to uh, what Case Keenum's opportunity that he was. Yeah. You know, given and he took advantage of it and had that big play to digs and that's right. Then he ends up elsewhere. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, true. I mean, it, 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 I just see I, Kirk Cousins kind of it, it, he reminds me a little bit of he, he's not the same type of player as Kirk Cousins or as uh, as Case, uh, Keenum. Case Keenum, but I could see that trajectory. I could see him, you know, playing it playing this game close, starting the season as the Vikings quarterback, but they draft somebody in the second or third round that they are high on and. You know, Kirk Cousins starting slow next year and not being their quarterback halfway through the season. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. His raw numbers are really pretty solid. His efficiency numbers are solid, but yeah, you got to win in the playoffs. That's really what it boils down to. All right, let's move on. We've got Seahawks, Eagles. Uh, if it's not Buffalo, Houston, that I'm least excited to watch, it's this Seahawks, Eagles game. I, I just, I got, I've gotten so fatigued from this conference. Uh, the NFC East. I just, the, I, I, I hated watching this conference this year. They were the most frustrating conference in the NFL, and the division. I, the, in, the, in, the, in the division. Well, no, in the NFL, most frustrating division in the NFL. I'm sorry. Right. Um, I said conference. Mm-hmm. The eagle, I, the Eagles and the Cowboys. I just, I don't want to have anything to do with watching them. I know I'll watch it once again, but Seahawks road favorites. They're the only team on opening weekend that is actually a favorite on the road. Two and a half points on Bovada. Got a big number here, forty-five and a half. I. I I think the Seahawks blow them out, even though they're they're on the road. Interesting. Well, the Seahawks were better on the road than they were at home, which is crazy when you think of that home field advantage. So the Seahawks team travels. Obviously, you know, you think about their quarterback and what he, you know, the type of ugly games that they constantly seem to win. It, it wouldn't surprise you at all to see a blowout here. I kind of feel like the Eagles are going to, you know, like they're going to make it interesting. They might even be winning after the first half. But I, in the end, they're it's basically just 
like a ton of not even backups, like third string receivers. I mean, guys that weren't even on their active roster at the beginning of the season. Nelson Aguilar not expected to play. Zach Ertz not expected to play. Jordan Howard's going to be a change of pace back up to Miles Sanders. If he plays, Boston Scott might have a big role. Like, who are these guys, you know? And they, they've got to go. They, they still have a home game, which is huge, obviously. But you talk about a crowd potentially turning on its team. I think the Eagles are a prime candidate for that here, too. So I'm not going to get caught up with a couple backdoor wins by the Eagles here. I definitely think that the Seahawks go on the road and win. Yeah, and I I don't know what to make. I mean, obviously, Doug Peterson's not in any jeopardy to get fired. This team's not too far removed from that Super Bowl win, but there's definitely going to be some changes. I mean, they're aging at a lot of the skill positions. Obviously, Miles Sanders has been great. Uh, He was, you know, somebody that you were extremely high on coming out of the draft. But outside of that, I mean, they just don't really have a ton of playmakers that, that are, you know, that are in the early part of their career. I completely agree there absolutely taking a speed receiver in the first round probably in the second round what's interesting is if they do win this game if they're able to win their home playoff game which you'd like to think if you're a division winner you should be favored that just speaks to how bad they've been this year but deshaun jackson is expected to come back for round two if if they move on which is a huge if but you know again older player you're right like they need dallas goddard's a young player he looks talented but they have i mean this is a shell of themselves. I actually give them some credit. You're right. I'm sick of the NFC. Get them out of our playoffs. But like, you know, they're what they did with all the backups and all the injuries they had this year is at least somewhat impressive, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's impressive that they're here and, and they live to tell about it. It's impressive that they beat the Cowboys in week 16. But outside of that, this, this division is trash. Just, just get yeah. out of the playoffs. I don't want to see you. <laughs> all right, let's talk about how things shake out beyond this weekend. We've got obviously the Niners – Ravens, Chiefs, Packers all awaiting their opponent. Um, you know, I, I you can't really think of a better uh, four teams to, to kind of be in the bye situation. But what do you see? I mean, how do you see this shaking out? Who's your favorite out of each conference? Uh, and, and what do you like going forward? Um, yeah, all right. Well, I, I think that the Saints are going to play the Packers almost for sure. That's a three seed. They'd play the Packers. That's an unfortunate matchup, but it's also like, if there's one place you wouldn't want Drew Brees playing, it's probably Green Bay in the middle of January. So interested to watch that game. I think the Packers can win that game at home. I really do. Like, I don't think they're a better team than the Saints, but I think that's just like a perfect storm, uh, you know, against them. Uh, yeah, the it's other definitely side. a perfect situation. If you're going to play the Saints, Lambeau is probably the best place to play them. Right. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think the Packers are, are a really good team. They're definitely not a 13 and three team, but they're like, you know, an 11 and five ish team. Probably they, gets a home game in this and that's such a big swing because if this game's in new orleans it's probably like saints by six and in green bay it might be the packers by one or two so i I, it makes a huge difference the packers will be healthy i like them in that game um but i don't i don't like them if they have to play san francisco in san francisco again i just think that's a horrible matchup for them um i'd like to (laughs) that would be wild to see rogers and jimmy again out there but i i don't i think the niners ultimately i can't believe i'm saying it because our buddy's gonna just soak that up but i think that the niners are gonna win the nfc wow i i just i i see a path for it obviously because they have home field advantage and their defense has been so good I just we talked but about that Seahawks Niners. We we talked about that stretch run quite a bit, you know, halfway through the season when the Niners were sitting there at eight and and mm-hmm. you know they 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 did they they I guess they weathered the storm, but I wouldn't be surprised if any team other than the Eagles, and I guess probably 
I, I wouldn't even, yeah, probably the Vikings too. I wouldn't be surprised if any of those other teams beat the Niners in these playoffs though. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, if you're the Niners, it's the Seahawks, right? That's the I, last yeah, team you want to see. And I think, I think if, if you, if it were, you said those three teams, Niners, t- you know, do, would you take the Niners or the field? I think yeah. I'd take the field. Wow. All right. I like it. That gives me hope for the Packers. Cause if they're playing any of those teams at home, I like their chances, but um, yeah. That's interesting. Like, I, I think that it worked out really well for both the Saints and the Niners. I, I guess the Saints, would the Saints rather play the Niners over there, do you think? I don't know. Because, like, I mean, the Niners came into New Orleans and won that game. So I, I would assume the Saints want the revenge. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So you, what, are you, what are your thoughts overall on the NFC? I've got the Niners, but I'm not feeling great about it. I don't. I don't know if I can. Seattle, pick, honestly. I, no, I don't. I don't see. <laughs> I don't see Seattle coming out of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints came out of it. I. I, I think your. I think there's a path for your Packers. Um, mm. I, I think they need to ride Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And and. Oh yeah. I. I think game flow is a big thing for them because they've done that at times and they've been the most successful when they have. Obviously, Devontae Adams has been hurt. Uh, but I think if they if they get the type of production they got in big moments from Aaron Jones, they're 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 a team that can beat anybody. So I see a path for the Packers. I see a path, obviously, for the 49ers, and I see a path for the Saints. I just I'm not there with Seattle. Um, so with I, I think it's going to be one of those three teams. But honestly, I to me, I would say it's a third, a third, a third. I don't really I don't really lean one way or the other with with any of them. I I know, that, I know that's a cop out. I just can't. No, I can't, I, I can't I, say it with any level of confidence. We're going to get there in a second on the other side, but I'm, I understand that. Like, I think that it's a, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I'd probably say like a fourth for the Packers, a third, you know, a fourth for the Saints and then a third for, or whatever, a half for the, I think that the Niners are a little bit over them, but I, I'm not a buyer in the Seahawks at all. All right, fair. Let's talk AFC. Um, yeah. You, you know, I, I, I have a feeling you may agree with me on this. First of all, I already said it when we talked about the games this weekend. I think the Patriots are done. I, th- I just don't think this is their yep. year. Um, but everybody's talking the Ravens, and they're just going to walk their way to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are sneaky in these playoffs. I am not surprised that the Chiefs come out of the AFC. I That's my pick. I'm with you 100%. I think the Seahawks are the best team in football, and they have been for the last three weeks. Um, they've been tested, and Mahomes looks super healthy. Their defense is really flying under the radar. And I just, you know, at the end of the day, like Lamar Jackson, this has been Lamar Jackson's season. No question, an MVP, electric player. But when it comes down to, you know, (laughs) to time, to playoff time, like can Lamar Jackson weather the weather and can he do it with nothing around him? I mean, nothing. And especially with Mark Ingram now hurt, like I think that that's going to be a problem for them. Their defense is playing better, but I just the home field advantage is important, but I could even see. I'm telling you, I could see the Titans going in there and winning in the second round. It would not shock me that much. So I ultimately, I think it's almost a coin flip between the Chiefs and the Ravens. But I, I like the Chiefs. I think that they are built for for a big run here and through the Super Bowl. So, so if, I'm, if, I'm all for it. If the Titans win, they play the Ravens, which is <laughs> who my pick. I think the Titans are going to knock off the Patriots, and then yep. um, Bills Texans. I don't think either of them really gives the Chiefs, especially in Kansas City, much of a fight. So you you, you yep. say, I, I mean, I give the I'd give the Ravens the win over the. I think, I think that Chiefs Ravens game. I, I think the Chiefs can win that game, and I I think it's about about an, 
maybe I would even lean the Chiefs just slightly, just slightly because I think we're underestimating Patrick Mahomes being healthy now. I would say, I agree. I agree with that. I would also say that, again, I think the Ravens are likelier to lose to the Titans yes, than, than, than the than Chiefs, the Chiefs to are to the Texans. Sure. Yeah, yep, exactly. And so, but the Chiefs are the probably ups. more likely to lose to the Patriots than True. The, the Ravens yeah. are to lose to whoever they would, uh, the that's, Houston. That's, so it, that's a fair point. A lot depends on what happens this first weekend, but... And maybe we're maybe I'm being overly optimistic for the Titans, but I I think they are a legitimately better team than the Patriots at this point right now as we sit. Ah, that's crazy. I and I don't disagree. Like I, I there's the no Patriots way just play. lost to the Dolphins, Dolphins. and the one strength of the Patriots game. all season was Stephon Gilmore, who should have been defensive MVP. And you brought it up. I mean, he got he just got overmatched by Devontae Parker, who is a guy yeah. that a year ago, even up to this trade deadline, we're thinking. He's not even going to be on this team. Nobody wants him. He's a guy who doesn't have the work ethic. He's hurt all the time. And he I comes out caught. the second half of the season. He was one of the most productive fantasy wide receivers in the NFL. He was insane. He always been so talented, always been a huge fan, but he just, he looked like he was dead in the water and came off the mat to his credit. And yeah, I mean, I, like I said, yeah, we're agreeing aggressively here that, you know, Tannehill should have no problem finding his way. And then, you know, you add on top of that, look, the Dolphins running back was Patrick freaking Laird. Now you have inside you have Derrick Henry. There, that the difference between those two is just like you can't think of a bigger opposite end of the spectrum situation. So I'm I'm with you. I think the Titans have a really good chance. And again, like if they get hot, they've been hot. They continue to get hot. I just don't know that Baltimore. I, I'm I'll just say it. I, I don't think that Baltimore is going to run them over by any means if that's what ends up happening. I I am kind of hoping that's the matchup we see though. Ravens Chiefs, and I I kind of hope. Yeah, I don't care if I it's – I don't I don't really care who it is that plays the Niners, whether it's Packers, whether it's uh, Saints, whether it's Seahawks. I, I, I just – that final four, it's been a while, you know, and it's probably because I hate the Patriots, uh, but it's been a while since there's been uh, a, a, a final four in the NFL that I was excited to watch both games in. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I'm biased, but I would agree with that. I think that all those teams – it's crazy because I think – is this the first time the Patriots are playing on Wild Card re- Weekend in 10 years, I think? Yeah, I think I, I did someone. hear that, yeah. That's, that is insane. It's so hard to get a bye. It's just like absolutely impossible. It took them totally tanking against the Dolphins to have this happen. So, I mean, I yeah, I, I think that – but it was their own the fault. It's not like it's not like somebody outplayed. You know, they they right? they literally had to beat a team that was at the beginning, like halfway through the season. Everybody's talking about the Dolphins going on sixteen or however mm-hmm. long it took them to get a win, and right. here they are in, in a meaningful matchup in Week Seventeen with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker, and they're beating the Patriots to knock them out of home field advantage. Like, and and they do it by beating their biggest strength. Like, there's something to be said for that. The Patriots are just not the same team right now. Yeah, I, and I agree. I, horse and like no, but I, I think it's the, this horse is like just, it's not. There's nothing even. The remains are gone. We beat it so dead. <laughs> this horse, yeah, it's long, long since Whitworth. But yeah, it's I. I, <laughs> there, I think that there's no even glue to be made out of this horse. At this point. <laughs> Poor Elmer. <laughs> I think that it's going to be it's it is a theme of this part of the playoffs though because once they're gone they're gone um, but like for now they're still alive and they're a team that you know you always seem to consider you have to consider them but I, I just I I think we all agree it's it's all over soon. Let's hope so. All right, that that kind of wraps our thoughts on the upcoming playoffs. Obviously, the weekend is 
is, is upon us, really. Hopefully you guys get a chance to listen to it before the games. But uh, this should be a fun playoffs. There's there's some teams that have kind of not been there before. We have the Niners, who are the one seed. That's exciting. We've got, uh, you know, the Ravens, who have kind of had a, a bit of a resurgence. So it's going to be a fun playoffs. I know you guys will all be watching. I know we didn't talk too much about DFS, but hopefully we gave you some ideas on the players that we thought would uh, yeah. would have uh, some big outings there. Real quick, before we move on from the NFL, Anshu, we've got the coaching carousel that's uh, already underway. A lot of interviews going on. Obviously, the Redskins filled their vacancy with Ron Rivera, who's already been introduced uh, after being fired from Carolina. Uh, we've got the Browns, who fire Freddie Kitchens. Uh, there's several openings around the league right now. I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on where you see some of these teams going and maybe which ones you think are the most attractive coaching vacancies still left out there. Yeah, uh, I thought it's really interesting that the Falcons decided to pull back and give Dan Quinn his job back after. I think he Hobbs. earned it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think he earned they it. They, 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 they won big games down the stretch. They beat San Francisco. Um, who was it? New Orleans a great New game. Orleans. And uh, who was who's, who's, who's their last game of the season? Another tough. Oh, um, Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> not yeah, not tough. so tough. <laughs> no, but I, I think that I know what you're saying. Like they. They became the team we expected them to be in the second half of the season. Um, but, you know, they're I, I just I was surprised because I, I thought that their search was basically underway as is. And maybe they looked around at the landscape and were like, look, Mike McCarthy, is he an upgrade over Quinn? Probably not. Let's just ride this thing out and see what happens for one more year. And it seemed like Matt Ryan and like we talked about over and over again, like they they were a little banged up. And then, you know, Matt Ryan, they, they all wanted to play for Quinn. And that's kind of the hardest thing to get out of a coach, I think, is like a guy who three or four years into his tenure is still looking or is still like motivating his players. So I understand that that would have been, to me, the best opening. Um, We've talked about the NFC, NFC East, though, and how bad it was. Oh, it's man. funny that the only team that the, the the three teams that didn't win the division are looking for a new coach, or well, one of them already found it. But that that just goes to speaks to how bad. But I mean, I know Jason Garrett is so not official yet, but it's been reported that he should be out soon. Yeah, that that's got to be the best job. Like, I Dallas would suck to work for Jerry, Jerry Jones, but like the resources are infinite, the pieces on offense and defense are amazing. Really, I, it's just. Can you put it all together? And I mean, if the rumors of Lincoln Riley are true, I think that that would be, boy, that would be a scary team in the NFC. Um, But they're they're probably the best. Uh, Who else we got? I mean, the Panthers. Panthers are interesting because you got to assume that Cam's gone, right? Um, And if that's the case, I I I, obviously we know what Christian McCaffrey is. We talked about him ad nauseum on the show, but like. You know, what do you make of that team with him, with those weapons, without a quarterback? I mean, that's that's a tough one to swallow, too. So I don't know where you where you stand on those teams, where where you stand with the Giants, with all those pieces. But Daniel Jones, like how you rank those, I think I'd probably say Cowboys. And then obviously we've got the Browns, too. I'd probably say Cowboys, Browns, um, Panthers, assuming Kim's gone and and then like the Giants, probably. I'd put the Browns somewhere toward the bottom of that list, honestly. I mean, I, I, I it's just that such there's so much dysfunction in that franchise. It's hard. I mean, I know there's talent. Sure. I know people want to work with Baker Mayfield. I get it. Uh, also, I misspoke on last week's show. Doug Marone is still in in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coughlin out. Uh, they're gonna. It, it looks like they'll give him a chance into next season. I have a feeling he'll be fired early if they start slow. Um, oh yeah. But but yeah, I I. I don't know. I, I don't know with the Browns. It sounds like, you know, Odell Beckham's come out and said that, you know, he wants to be there now. And But you see just the dysfunction in that franchise. And obviously they 
not they go a step further and they fire their GM and Dorsey and uh, kind of are looking to to take a different direction altogether. That could be a good thing, you know. So I I don't know. It's that that there's still a lot to be determined with how good of a job that seems to be to me. I think the building blocks are in place in New York. Carolina's got a good starting point. To your point, uh, I think even Washington to an extent has some good pieces there. Uh, so I you yeah. know interesting for me. Like I feel like last year when we had so many openings. A lot of those openings were junk. I mean, complete rebuilds. Whereas yep. these openings now, you you're kind of you're kind of the second person or the second coach in this rebuild. Uh, so if you can't make it work, you know, then then maybe it's it's you to an extent. I don't know. I, I feel like this it's is a, a better opportunity point. for those jobs than it was last year for a lot of the ones that that came in. I agree. I I don't know what it is. It, maybe it's something with the coaching care or with the quarterback carousel too that kind of goes with it. But it doesn't seem like there are a lot of teams where it's just like, oh, we have no freaking idea what we're gonna do at quarterback, and that's like what's so important. So like Ron Rivera is coming in, but he knows he's got Haskins. You know, whoever coaches in the giant at the Giants, whether it's you know Mike McCarthy or, or you know or uh, Matt Rule or whoever. Like they know that they've got Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So it doesn't feel like the cupboard is as bare for any of these teams where like last year you had, you know, Brian Flores taking on the awful, awful Dolphins job or, you know, I I mean, there was, it just seems like this year more of the teams are ready to go and anyone could just flip the script and be a pseudo playoff contender in a year even. Yeah, that Carolina one's the only one really where you think about there not being an answer right now at quarterback of the openings. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, you expect Haskins to be their starter for the Redskins. You kind of have everything figured out elsewhere. Um, that Carolina, depending on what happens with Cam, but there, I, I think that that's the next conversation is the quarterback carousel because there's a lot of guys that are out there, you know, that, that are starters now that, you know, could potentially be starting in a different uniform next year. Obviously, there's Cam. You have, you know, guys like Andy Dalton and uh, Jameis. Yeah, Jameis. Well, we'll <laughs> see what happens. I have a feeling they're going to franchise him. But. I did too. I think you called that a couple of weeks ago and it seems to be likely. Although, did you see Bruce Arians quotes about yeah. Jameis? Yes. Oh my God. Just ruthless. Like they were but like, it's true. I mean, he was it's talking almost about, like he's like his dad. Like I, I, he's that, so disappointed. In yes. him. It's, but it's true. Like, I feel like he's, I feel like he wants him to be good so badly and he feels like he could be what makes him change. And he's mm-hmm. so frustrated because he thought he would do it this year. And that at times it looked like he was going to, and at times it looked like Jameis is just like re- going the, he's actually regressing. <laughs> um, and I feel like, it's I feel true. like there's like this constant tug of war between, you know, his inner demons and what he thinks he can accomplish with Jameis. So I well, feel like, like I, his, his ego is going to get the best of him and they're going to keep him around. I think so too. And I think that it's not just ego. It was probably promises that Bruce Arians made to the front office. Like in terms of like, listen, I can be the guy that unlocks all this talent, you know, like I'm the guy, I'm the QB whisperer. I'm the guru. Like I, I know how to get the most out of Jameis and, you know, and then he turns around and throws 30 picks. So, I mean, it's, it's real. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> it's of, we didn't that, talk about it, but the way that that game ended oh, was man. absolutely perfect. First quarterback <laughs> ever to throw 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. And he literally does it on the first play of overtime, if I'm not mistaken, or it was, yep. it was on that first drive of overtime, throws a pick six, just like Jameis always does. I mean, it was like poetic justice for Jameis Winston's season. I just love that this, in my mind, Jameis Winston is like the undercard storyline the whole year. And I absolutely love that we've been able to discuss it on this show because of your love, love relationship with him. And no, also it's not just... even a love, love relationship. I don't even like Jameis Winston. It's just like, for me, 
it's like <laughs> I, I obviously am a Florida State fan, and he won that national title. He won the Heisman that year. So that year I'll always remember as a Florida State fan, and he was a big part of that year. But there was so mm-hmm. much negative that came beyond that. Um, but so I, I mean, I used to root for Tampa Bay when I was especially. a kid too. I was a huge work done fan because he oh, went yeah. there. So like, That's I right. kind of have this in the back of my mind, like Tampa Bay, Jameis, Florida state connection. Sure. And I want him to be good for that reason, but I don't like him. I I've almost be, he's become comedy to me. I, I, I had him on my fantasy forget. team and he's the reason I lost the championship. <laughs> and I honestly, no. I didn't even care because it was just so funny. I was like, I, it, it is what it is. Like, it's just fun to watch. Like you don't know you, you're on the edge of your seat watching him regardless of which side you're on because literally anything can happen on any play. It's so true. I mean, he's fascinating. That Thursday, I will never forget that week 16 Saturday game. I don't think for the rest of my life where you were watching and texting about like, you know, you needed him to win in that league. We always talk about with the, you know, and emphasize interceptions and incompletions and like he ends up posting decent, like raw numbers in terms of just production for most leagues, but just sitting there and watching him helplessly. How many picks he threw in the first half? Like four. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Uh, but like, you know, there's always that tantalizing ability, like the way that he turned it on and won some games is, and you just imagine him with Evans and Godwin and now Perriman. I mean, there's, there's so much talent there and you just wonder what, you know, if he's ever going to find his way out of that sort of thought process that's hampered him. He's also an idiot. Yeah. After, he, you know, after the game, he comes out and says, Oh, if you look at the numbers, I'm balling. Like, no dude, you like, interceptions are a big part of a quarterback's responsibilities like you're you're an idiot don't say that like if i were the bucks just because you said that i'd be like dude go somewhere else and throw 30 picks <laughs> i mean you could we, do that in about... chicago very easily oh i would i would love very much welcome that um but i, I yeah like i think that uh, we talk about it all the time but at the end of the day what are we doing if we're if we're not winning a super bowl with Jameis winston what are we doing with him why bother wasting your time certainly why bother wasting the money with him like i, I mean Bruce Arians isn't at risk of losing his job if they draft, you know, a quarterback in the first round and he's not like amazing. I just, I don't, I don't really get it, but it would not surprise me if they franchised him. It also wouldn't surprise me if they end up taking on like a veteran quarterback. Cause I think there's going to be a game of musical chairs here with the quarterbacks where like a Derek Carr or a, maybe even a Matt Stafford or, you know, like you said, Dalton or someone comes available and, Bruce Aaron just says, like, I cannot do the Jameis Winston thing again. I'm already, like, 70 years old. I just can't. Yeah, so the leash is shorter in that scenario. That right, exactly. I yeah, know. I mean, I'm he's been a fun person to talk about all year, but... Uh... No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I mean, he'll be starting somewhere next year. I just I can't imagine handing him the reins. I'm with you. All right, let's let's just real quick. Uh, obviously, we've this a large part of this show has been leftovers-ish, so homage to our old show. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the national championship game. Um, obviously, it's still a, a little ways away, but I just want your early thoughts. Uh, the Clemson, we, we, we recorded late last week so we could react to the, the semifinal games, obviously, in the college football playoff. We've obviously got Clemson at LSU. The line opened uh, closer to five. It's now at six and a half on Bovada uh, in favor of LSU. I, I, I'm just... I'm I, Burrow to me has been getting better every single time we see him step on the field dating back to last year when he kind of struggled early uh, and, and kind of got better as the season progressed comes out this year, you know, just puts up crazy numbers, throws for basically 80% throws for 46 touchdowns in the regular season and has seven in the, was it seven in the first half uh, this past weekend yeah, six. or six in the first I half think. and then two yeah. in the second or whatever. Um, just 
absolutely unreal what he's been able to do. Is Clemson going to be able to make this interesting, in your opinion? The over-under is at 70, by the way. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I mean, that's like all you want right there. (laughs) I, I... I think they will. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think that Clemson has somehow over the course of the season flown way under the radar. And I just like it was the a ACC bad start. It was so bad. It was so bad. But they're they are still an incredible like a very talented team, as you saw against an Ohio State team, team that was battle tested, that had gone through some tough, you know, games and some tough opponents and come out pretty much unscathed throughout the season. And then Clemson just, you know, they're down 17, nothing. They just no issues coming back and winning that game for them. So I I'm just saying that I think that Clemson's in the same class as LSU, but it just feels like LSU and Joe Burrow's year, like in the same way that that Cam Newton year was just all about him to end Jameis, even his freshman year. It was, it was the Jameis show. I, I feel strongly that this is, the Joe Burrow year and we're just kind of like parties to it. And um, I, but I do think that, you know, I think that Clemson is going to, you know, like I think that Clemson could absolutely win this game. No question in my mind. And I, but like, I do, I would never bet them like even getting seven points because of what Burrow is. Like, I don't know how you can possibly bet against what the type of performance he had against Oklahoma and and against all the SEC teams he faced this year. So that said, I assume you think uh, next year is going to be the Trevor Lawrence year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think very much of very, very highly of Trevor Lawrence. I think he's probably like in terms of the, like if, if he and Burrow were in the same draft, I would be fascinated to see how different teams, I think you'd probably get a split down the middle just because Lawrence hasn't had the negatives on his resume that Burrow had early last year. But then obviously when you look at what Burrow's done this year, I mean, it's not even particularly close between him and Lawrence, but you saw the full array of Lawrence's running abilities last week, which Burrow obviously also has some of. I I just can't wait to watch it because I think that unlike that Oklahoma game, you're going to have real defenses in this game. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited for the country to see what Joe Burrow has in him against a good defense because he did it in the SEC, but now it's going to be Obviously, all eyes are going to be on him, and I think it's going to be a great chance for you to see what he might be like in a Cincinnati uniform next year. Speaking of that, I feel like it would be just so Cincinnati for Joe Burrow to come out in this game and throw like six interceptions and no touchdowns. <laughs> oh, I just thought like, you were going to go. No. He's going to get hurt or something. No, just, just just to be horrible. And then people question it, and then the Bengals take Chase Young, and he tears his ACL in training camp. <laughs> oh, man. That's the one thing. Like – They've gotten every one of their first rounders has gotten hurt, right? Since like time immemorial. So like, I feel like you know you finally get a quarterback, and he he of course wouldn't be the one to get hurt, uh, and maybe get to change like the whole pro- trajectory of what's happened to them. And yeah, and that that would happen in this game, and then you end up going the other direction it would be very fitting. But I know all you Bengals fans are very much holding your breath because he seems almost too good to be true at this point. Agreed. It should be fun. Uh, a lot of football on the horizon, aren't you? Uh, anything you wanted to add before we let our listeners get to their weekend? We might be recording a little earlier next week because we've got a trip planned, but uh, anything little you trip. wanted to add? I'm super pumped. I, I, if we're, we'll be recording before next week's show, but that little trip is a big deal and uh, very, very excited. So, um, yeah, this is, this is just a precursor to that, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more next week, but uh, excited for some postseason football. Excellent. For Anchukana, I am Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. We'll see you guys next week.